So let's review. Zak the Mishnah, Ein leichem in haroim, tzemer v'chal v'gudayim. One may not buy wool, milk, or goat from a shepherd. V'leim reshemri peiris, eitzim peiris. And one may not buy wood or fruit from the watchman who guards the fields. Because as Rashi explains, Shemagon v'mishal balabais. Perhaps he stole these items from the owner. The Bryce says, however, A person may buy sewn garments from a shepherd, because as Rashi explains, Even if he stole the wool, he acquired the garment through its physical change. And one may buy milk or cheese from a shepherd in the desert, because as Rashi explains, The owners usually do not travel out there, and they allow the roya to keep them. And one may buy four to five sheep of a small herd or four to five bundles of wool from a shepherd because they are assumed not to have been stolen since the owner would certainly notice their disappearance. Rebuta makes the following distinction. One may buy sheep from a shepherd in the city because they're assumed not to be stolen since the owner knows their exact number. However, one may not buy sheep from a shepherd in the desert because they were possibly stolen since the owner does not know their exact number. As the Baiser concludes, The general rule is that an item whose disappearance would be noticed may be bought from a raya and assumed not stolen, but an item whose disappearance would not be noticed may not be bought from a raya because it's possibly stolen. The Mishnah continues, One may buy from a married woman wool products in the Yehuda region, flax products in the Galil region, calves in the Sharon region. Because as Rashi explains, The women produce and sell these items with their husband's consent. And regarding Agolim B'Sharon, Rashi explains, The calves there were very inexpensive, and the women would buy them with their own money and raise them. Therefore, we may assume that she did not steal them from her husband. The Brisa adds, however, One may not buy wine, oil, or flour from a married woman, because as Rashi explains, The husband usually sells these items himself, but not the wife, and it is possible that she stole these from her husband. However, one may buy olives and oil in large quantity from the wife of an oil presser because, as Rashi explains, they are assumed not to be stolen because, in large quantity, she must sell them openly and her husband is certainly aware of it. One may not buy olives and oil in small quantity from the wife of an oil presser because they're possibly stolen because she can sell them secretly without her husband being aware of it. The Bryce also teaches, One may accept small amounts of charity from married women because it's assumed that their husbands consent, but not large amounts because perhaps he does not consent. However, the Mishnah continues, In all the above cases, if the woman or shepherd told the buyer to hide the item, he may not purchase it because it is assumed to be stolen. The Mishnah concludes, One may buy eggs and chickens in all areas and from anyone, because these items are usually not stolen since they are very inexpensive. 
The Gemara cites the Machlekes regarding Gazan Me'imas Mutaliknesimenu. At what point is one permitted to purchase things from a former thief? Rav says, Achtei Rav Mishaloi, when the majority of his possessions are his own. And Shmuel says, Afilamiyat Shaloi, even if only the minority of his possessions are his own, because as Rashi explains, Talina Vamridan Hai Mididiyav Le Mididehu. We assume that the sold item is his. The Gemara then proceeds with a Machlekes Rav Huna Rav Yehuda regarding Mamin Masur the property of an informer who caused someone's property to be confiscated by the authorities. It is permitted to actually destroy his property because it is permitted to actually destroy him and certainly his property. It is forbidden to actually destroy his property because he may have righteous children who will benefit from this property. As the Pasuk states, the wicked person prepares for the righteous. Zakta Mishnah. The pieces of wool that are removed from people's garments through laundering belong to the launderer because, as Rashi explains, the owner is not particular about such a small amount. The pieces of wool that are removed through brushing belong to the owner because the owner is particular about such a significant amount. The Brisa says, however, in places in which it is the custom that the story keeps the meichen, one may buy it from him. And in all places, one may buy from them a pillow filled with meichen, because they acquire the meichen through its physical change. The Mishnah continues, If the launderer removed the threads that the tailors add onto the edge of the garments, it depends. Up to three threads belong to him, but more than that belong to the owner. However, Black threads on a white garment all belong to the launderer because it is customary to remove them because black threads are unattractive on a white garment. The following halacha in the Mishnah relates to the fact that in those days it was customary, and even today sometimes with custom-made clothes, for the owner to provide the tailor or other craftsman with the materials. There the Mishnah says, If a tailor has leftover thread which is enough to sew something else, or he has leftover material the size of 3 by 3 etzbais or more, it belongs to the owner. Similarly, If a carpenter has leftover pieces of wood, it depends. If he used a plane or similar tool which produces small shavings, they belong to him. But if he used an axe or a similar tool which produces larger pieces, it belongs to the owner. If he was a laborer, even the small shavings belong to the owner. The Gemara elaborates on various other types of work regarding which the klal, the deciding factor, is that it depends if the owner is particular about those things. It also depends on the local custom that people are generally particular about these things. completed the tenth parak and and will begin in the next year in the next year.